Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 381 featuring Eddie Smith, VFX, more specifically FX artist over at Digital Domain. Uh, I have known Eddie for a while and I actually thought this would be a great podcast to have because he is kind of like the MacGyver of effects uh, and does things that are just vaguely put in descriptions in scripts and has to figure out visually how to make them happen. Uh, we get into that uh, quite a bit on the podcast. He is a big Houdini artist and he sort of talks about that workflow and the, the benefits of do, uh, doing things in Houdini. I thought that was a really good perspective. For those of you who are interested in visual effects and understanding a little bit more about what that side of the business is and, and how to do actual effects like flame and smoke and different transitions or do the crazy things that Eddie does. So uh, really happy to have him on. He's worked on a ton of films, including Mummy to Tomb of the Dragon, Emperor Tron, Iron Man uh, 3, Ender's Game, Beauty and the Beast, and a whole lot more. So super excited to have Eddie on to, and to talk all about that. Okay, we don't have any events that we have announcements just yet, but I do want to tell, let you guys know that V-Ray 6 for 3DS Max Beta is out, and if you are, uh, you can get a license. If uh, you can get it, if you have a license of V-Ray, uh, and you give it, a, give it a go and check it out. Of course, your feedback is always welcome. But there's lots of new stuff in there. Lots of new stuff. I'm going to mention a couple of them. Uh, we have Chaos Scatter, which is uh, was introduced, uh, which we had inside of Corona, but now is inside of uh, inside of V-Ray. You can create entire forests with it, which is pretty cool. Uh, we also have V-Ray Enmesh. Enmesh, uh, think of it more like a geometry, uh, like geometry, like a texture, where you'll be able to repeat things and bend things and do lots of things a little better. It's more it's more versatile than than just instancing, and it can do a huge amount of stuff uh, using very little memory, uh, especially uh, and sometimes much better and more efficient than displacement. But speaking of displacement, uh, we do have have actually displacements inside of decals now which is really cool and so you can do that that's something that's interesting and then we've also enhanced our v-ray proxies uh, quite a bit so they actually have object hierarchies and you can turn things off and on inside of the inside of the hierarchy of the proxy which is pretty cool so lots of new stuff to look forward to in v-ray 6 uh, so check it out and before you start asking when is v-ray 6 going to be available for my platform of choice don't worry they will be coming very very soon but check it out uh, go to our website chaos.com for more information on joining the beta. Um, if you guys want to know more about the podcast, uh, you guys can go to facebook.com slash CG Garage podcast, or you can go to chaos.com slash CG Garage. Uh, and if you'd like to watch this podcast, you can always watch us. We're always featured on, uh, on youtube.com slash chaos group TV. If you guys have any feedback or ideas of guests or anything like that of that nature, you can always email us labs at chaos.com. But for now, please enjoy episode number 381 with Eddie Smith. Welcome to another CG Garage, where the Chaos Group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. How long have you been at DD now? Um, just over 14 years. 14 years. Okay. So that's quite uh, quite the career. I'd love to uh, let our, our listeners know. So you and I have known each other for several of those years, of those 14 yeah. years. <laughs> but uh, what, what, what's, uh, what sort of got you into CG? Like, what, how did you start getting into visual effects? And what, what was this motivated you to get into doing stuff on computers and movies or whatever? What was the thing that motivated you? Yeah, I, um, when I was a kid, um, I really didn't know a whole lot about visual effects. I um, want to be a computer programmer. So I went to uh, UT in Austin. To, yeah, uh, study comp sci for a year, and um, at that time I was interested in doing more creative work like CG, right? But I had no idea what any of that meant. So um, that that year, I think it was oh three, I want to say, um, the University of Texas at Dallas started a they called the art and technology, um, and it was a uh, CG degree. Um, 
it did do expand a lot of different things like uh, modeling, video game design, web design. Um, they had a um, they had a, a motion capture lab actually on okay. campus, which for at the time was like um, huge. That's a big deal. Um, yeah, those cameras were expen. That was probably a very expensive setup. All right. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> yeah, so when I found out that that existed, I transferred over to UT in Dallas. Okay. And switched my, my, uh, my major to art and technology. Okay. And um, at some point we, um, I believe uh, at the time, it's actually a little bit of a tragic story, but at the time there was a this studio in Dallas called uh, DNA studios, and they were responsible for making Jimmy Neutron, which was like a big deal. Okay. Um, at the time, and um, they ventured into doing film, a film, you know, and um, I think they made a one called uh, a film called Ant Bully. It was, it was a CG cartoon. Um, either way, the, the company didn't last. It was, and um, so a lot of the people that had worked at, at DNA, some of them. You know, some of them obviously moved back to LA or wherever, you know, to, you know, to whatever studios they ended up going to, obviously, um, for a whole lot of options in, in Dallas time. But, um, Garmin Herdstad, um, oh yeah, Garmin. Yeah. He, uh, he was there. And so he taught, um, in the interim, he taught, um, two semesters of Houdini at, uh, at UT, at UTD. So, um, I signed up and, um, took both semesters I took um, I, I, and so uh, and I really loved it I you know I hadn't you know everyone in our school was just you know traditional like just modeling um, we didn't even have a, at the time we didn't use new after effects I think. right so um, seeing something like Houdini where it was capable of having like like something like particles and just the procedural modeling and things like that really blew my mind um, this is a long time ago. This is before. This is back when RBDs were barely were barely functioning. This Houdini, right? Eight, I think, is what I learned on. So, um, yeah. And then um, <clears throat> I got a um, internship at Side Effect Software, um, the creators of uh, Houdini, Houdini in yeah. um, Santa Monica. They have, have a Santa Monica office that I, at the time, I mean, they they moved around. Sometimes. But um, so I had a got an internship and drove out to LA and was there for like three or four, four months maybe before, um, DD hired me on as a junior artist that was on, uh, mummy, uh, what was it? Mummy three. Oh, it, it was, was with right. oh, Rob, uh, was it Rob Cohen who did it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And so the team of the, team of the, Dragon Emperor, or whatever. Uh-huh. It was, it was in China, place. right? Or it was supposed to take yeah, place yeah, in China. Yeah, yeah, place. Yeah, it took place in China. Yeah, right. that was the same year as the Chinese Olympics too. Was, right. That was, um, I believe so. Yeah. So that was the first time, um, and that was the spring of '08, I guess. Okay. So I moved. I moved to to, to LA. I moved to LA in this December of '07, and I got right. hired at DD in the spring of '08. Nice. <clears throat> So yeah, that was your first, I mean, you worked at, you, did you work at DNA Studio? No, you didn't work. Mm-hmm. I just was okay. in college during the time. Right. It, so Gar, yeah. Garm, it's interesting. Garmin, uh, I work with him on Day After Tomorrow <laughs> uh-huh. at TD. So uh, he's an incredible. incredible person. Also an incredible musician. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, um, you know, Carl Coleman. He, uh, yeah, of course. He and I, he and I got the internship at the same time and uh, drove out. Caravan to LA from Dallas. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So nice. Yeah. So okay. So 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 Mummy was your first feature film. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, was that? I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, you went from graduating, getting a getting a, an internship at Side Effects, and then immediately getting DD. I mean, at the time, Houdini artists were a big deal. They still are. Uh, I mean, yeah. hugely in demand, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that. Um, being a Houdini artist and being a, a, a um, knowledge, knowledgeable of the software and also being a talented artist is, you know, is still, you know, 
generally highly sought after. It's very difficult to find, you know, you know, high caliber artists like that that have that kind of, you know, um, that are well rounded. You know, um, yeah. at the time, at the time, uh, you know, Mummy was in delivery. You know, they they only had like two months left on the on the show, mm -hmm. so they hired they hired us just to come on and just do whatever we could as junior artists having no experience whatsoever right and so um we just worked really hard and just kept our heads down and just got you know got whatever we, we were scared to death you know we had no idea what was going on you know we were kids um but um yeah and after the show i had no idea whether i would would even you know you know, be able to continue working after that. I had no an idea what I was doing. You know, I, was, I decided I was going to, after, after the show ended, it was summer and I lived in, I lived on Venice beach at the time. So I, I thought, well, I'll hang out on the beach and chill. And if I can't find, you know, uh, more work in LA, then I'll just go back home, figure something out. Right. Um, but, um, but they called me back. CD called me back to, to work on. And the second one was GI Joe. Okay. Um, that's the first G.I. Joe movie. So at that point, it was pretty much from there on out, it was pretty much solid booking all. You know, consistent. Yeah. Consistent. Yeah. Um, until what, 14 years later? <laughs> right. 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 I think the first film that we worked on together was probably Tron. Yeah. I think that. That sounds about right. And I think that yeah. that was the first. Um, and I think that was the first. I don't know if it was or not, but I think it was the first film that we used the array for wasn't it? first film uh i right? think it was the first film that used v-ray commercials had been using v-ray for a long time yeah i think that but was the it was one. a big was big one it was, was a big, big, big we... push because it was like the biggest project that dd had ever done at the time you know it was yeah huge. it was yeah i mean especially for the time i mean even even today by today's standards still be a lot it, it's still a lot of work i mean uh, yeah. a lot of shots to be to be the main the primary vendor on mm -hmm. and um I feel like today there's a lot more broken out and a lot more segmented and, and like at that time that was a, I mean that was a boatload of shots right um and yeah we had uh, I guess because of like um all of like the glass and all of the reflective like uh, you know uh, um, vehicles and everything planes and everything that we had to do and all the glowy bits and all that stuff um we had to I think up until that point I think a, a lot of it was rendering. Uh, yeah, it was Render Man. Oh, I, I think there was some Mental Ray as well. Yeah, that was being used. Um, yeah, but uh, Render Man was the primary one, and then eventually, V-Ray became like the primary one. Now I think you guys are split into a bunch of different renderers. But uh, yeah. I think <laughs> I remember you as a Houdini artist. You had a hilarious line because you you know you didn't necessarily uh, 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 you didn't necessarily use uh, Maya that much because you know you were. Uh, Houdini artist and he said, Oh, I love Maya. It's how I get to use V-Ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. We at least still um we're still we're still using um we are still using V-Ray though. Um oh, yeah. Heavily. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you guys are. And I know, I know you guys now. are now. Yeah, uh, I'm on now, I think we're trying to potentially use it in Houdini. Cool. Yes, cool. so we yeah there is a there is a V-ray for Houdini that uh, we've been working very hard on, um, and uh, mainly because of the big push with um, Solaris that's going on, um, and that's sort of a really interesting thing. What what are what are your thoughts about Houdini's changes over the years and how it's sort of now looking? Uh, it's almost looking like it's trying to become much more mainstream in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think they do. I mean, I think that <clears throat> obviously I've kind of been locked away in my in my, you know, in my position, my role, you know what I mean? I haven't really had a lot of opportunities to venture out much from what it is that I do. Right. But, right. um, you know, I, you know, obviously they've, you know, we've always known, you know, we've always known that Houdini has, has been, uh, you know, really, you know, would be really good for a lot of things. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Related to like the video game industry, um, it, you know, environment, a lot of things that people don't really think about how much more powerful Houdini is to do certain things, like the you know, like uh, video games, uh, even even mo even MoGraph, even 
you know, even a it's lot becoming of pretty big in MoGraph right now, actually. Yeah. Uh, and I always thought, I know I, I like that kind of stuff. I like those, that kind of design and things like that. A lot of what I've done, even in the film world, you know, has been a lot of, sometimes it's similar type stuff. You know what I mean? I worked on <clears throat> Tron and Pixels and, um, you know, I recently worked on Fantastic Beasts, um, and uh, there's been a lot of stuff that I've done. That a lot of it is kind of creative in that way, in that MoGraph kind of way, where there's no, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's kind of out, it's otherworldly, and it's kind of, um, you know, unique. Um, even even like going back to Tron, where we, you know, um, where they were building, they were building like the the light cycles. And the light mm-hmm. cycles would come out and they'd be these lines that would like trace the whole bike, you know, and the bike would fill in, right? right. Um, even that kind of stuff, right? So we always knew that it would be really powerful, you know, really good for these things. And I think that, you know, I think that the learning curve for Houdini was so, so steep. Yeah. And uh, I think perhaps the, the cost as well was, was prohibitive or, or, or just, it just put people off, you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. the learning curve, especially, you know, and I think that now they've, um, they haven't changed Houdini a whole, you know, they haven't changed how it operates, you know, how it functions, like the, the, the soul sure. of Houdini or anything. But I think that they have made leaps and bounds to try and make it ex- more accessible, both in probably for price, I would imagine, but also like, um, you know, developing tools that people that are, make it easier for people who have never used it to, under, to understand and pick things up and start get a foothold on certain things um whereas before i think it was you know it's always been super powerful and kind of but almost like a like a you know sandbox you know what i mean it's, it's open to you right it's you have all the sure. ability to do these, these things you know but in doing so it becomes hard to build things up to figure out how to accomplish things so i think that they worked really hard to make things to where you didn't have to have so much deep knowledge in order to get up off the ground right and um i think that combined with you know shortened schedules over the years you know over the last you know even since i've been working you know the last 14 12 like maybe a dozen years uh you know times you know time you know schedules have been compressed you know i mean things are there's a lot more um work to do and there's a lot shorter amount of time to do it right so i think that also having those kinds of tools to like jump start like hey this will get this done just you know um just, you know just use this setup just use this shelf tool just use this you know and, and uh getting into the like the, the finer whatever you want to call it um, minutia whatever the you know the fine points of the of houdini is something that comes later i think right whereas when right. i learned houdini it was very like base you know we, we started very very modular and small you know what i mean figured it right. out and then it was and then things got more complicated you built them up right right um it used to be that it would take months to design and make a setup to do something specific like like when we were doing like going back to, to tron i'm just using tron because you and i both worked on it and also it was a very long time ago <laughs> <laughs> or like seemingly it was a very long time ago now. It was a long time ago. But but 2009, but, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Breaking breaking, you know, breaking people into cubes like that into tens of thousands of cubes like that at the time was massive. I think a lot of people forget that, you know, we didn't have pyro solvers and flip solvers and 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 um you know, uh, you know, uh bullet driven RBD systems when we had to create our own bullet right um at dd we created it was called drop we had to right. in order to do certain things like that uh to, today um you know with the vdbs and um and you know uh, bullet native rbds and, 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 and Houdini, like some, some doing doing and and point to form nodes so, i mean we had to have very centric point deformers that we had to you know we had to write ourselves so right in order to break people apart into cubes back then, you know, was huge. It was huge undertaking. It took months to design the systems and the setups to handle all those characters breaking into cubes and have them like, you know, have them deforming and then breaking apart and still being able to animate and stuff. And today that would be, I mean, you're talking, you know, weeks to set something up, you know, to get something the same caliber, right. the same kind of 
So um, I think that's why it, it's become more and more popular because the tools and things have advanced to where people don't, it's not, it doesn't take a, it doesn't take so much effort to get things done like that. Right. So, so some, some, some of our listeners may not, you know, may be new to the industry or may not necessarily be in, in, in VFX, uh, or, and they may not actually know what Houdini is for, <laughs> like what yeah. do you use it for? So you, you're obviously, you know, I've, I've known you've, you've always been doing like really, really obviously very much on the effects side of things. Right. So when we say effects and visual effects, that's like people breaking up into cubes or, yeah. <laughs> or a big fluid sim or an explosion or things of that nature. Right. But yeah. uh, explain a little bit, like give people an idea of like, what, what's it like to work in, in Houdini? Like what, what's, what's it different from other 3d packages and how does it sort of respond the, in that way? So it gives them a good idea about so, that. Yeah. So for those of, that might not be entirely certain what effects all encompasses, um, I like to describe it in a way like I like to describe it um, as anything that's animated, anything that's CG that's animated that's not a character or a vehicle, is typically typically handled by effects. So, um, you know, and that can be all kinds of things, right? Um, on it can be typical things that you think of when you think about effects, like explosions and pyro, fire, smoke, you know. Uh, natural phenomenon like lightning and tornadoes and clouds and things like that, atmospheric. But it can also be, you know, more, you know, more um, specific kind of one-off type stuff, right? Like things like, uh, in fact, um, I don't want to give any spoilers for people who haven't seen Fantastic Beasts. Um, I think it's something more, more specific, but uh, in, in, I remembered when you were doing, I don't remember the show, but it was a show you did. A, it was a one-off, very specific, and it was super complicated. Um, and it was someone's face changing with nanomites or something like that to yeah, another person's yeah, face. That, that's a good example. Yeah. So a long time ago, it was on uh, the second G.I. Joe movie. I was, uh, and the president of the United right. States, who was played by uh, um, David Price, I believe. Okay. And then the dude who played uh, Emotep from the first Mummy movie. I don't remember that guy's right. name. But yeah, it was the, yeah, he was the bad guy, right? And, and I think Price was playing the actual president of the United States. Right. And they had like these nanomite technology, those like teeny tiny robots. Um, and they do all kinds of things, right? They're like a cure-all for, you know, technology doing something, right? Right. But one of the things, one of the many things they could do, right, um, was to conceal a person's identity so they would so you had price and then he and then they kidnapped him i guess they kidnapped the president and then the bad guy he used the nanomite to turn his face into the president the president's face so he can impersonate the president and right. so there's a clip where he goes to he's confronting one of the gi joes and he he uh he he wants to show him that he's that he's the bad guy he's not really the president of the united states you know what i mean but it's mm-hmm. you know too late because they've you know they've figured it all out. They've got the you know right. they've, they've they've got the upper hand. So he um so he goes and he takes a knife and he cuts his own face and so he splits his skin open all the way down the side of his face and when he does it opens up but instead of having flesh underneath it's this these metallic nanomites right and um they all the nanomites that are keeping him incognito they rush to 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 seal the face back up so when they rush they uncover his face up until like here so they can right. repair the knife the cut in, the, in where it was right and once they repair it they all move back and transform his face so it, it reveals the one actor's face the president price's face into the right. bad guy's face so he's like you know he gives a little like wink like i'm the bad guy and then right. all the nanomites kind of go back right so there's like a metallic kind of like leading edge and they kind of they 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 morph his face so his face has like an animated blend shape right right so something like that is handled would be handled in houdini right so the the the, the two blend shapes right between the two faces right mm-hmm. is procedurally generated right by the crawling of this of these these nanomites that are over his, the surface of his skin so yeah that would be a good example of something that's like a character driven type effect that's not typically thought about when you know and 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 uh when you think about effects and 
we do a lot of that, right? Like there's a lot of things like um, things what's, you don't think of. Yeah. Go what's ahead. cool about it is that like, I don't know how much description you were given to do this. Like, like did they describe exactly what it was like and, or what is it? They have any reference frames of what it needed to look like. I mean, like you had to invent a lot of stuff to make it look right. Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes we have concept art, um, right. right. From the art department. Sometimes we, sometimes we don't, sometimes they don't have that, you know, sometimes they want you to kind of figure it, figure it out. You know, there's a lot of um, being an effects artist. I think especially now, being, well, I mean, back then somewhat too, but now especially so you have to develop a lot of things somewhat out of thin air a lot of the time. You know what I mean? A lot of yep. things you have cues, you know, you can look at other movies like, um, you know, you know, forming Black Panther suit or doing, you know, um, you know, things that are established, you know, like how Thor's electricity, is, you know, like things like that. Like they have, they have kind of set looks that you can go off of. So if sure. somebody, somebody comes to you with that, like, but I mean, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times movie makers want something that you know is you know new new and creative or something that somebody's never seen before or something you know you know they want to design something that's going to impress and be really cool and a lot of times um people don't have i mean they have an idea of what they want but sometimes they don't know what that is so being yeah. an effects artist you have to build out certain looks different kinds of try different kinds of things and present them um and kind of you're kind of in a way sometimes you have to make your own way you have to find your own path as to what the thing's going to look like and it can be difficult you know it's especially um but with experience you know you 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 get used to how things are built up how things are present you know what i mean like common ways to like get to from a to b right so um if i were doing cutting that guy's face open now and doing something like that i would probably be able to get there a lot faster, you know, because I would, sure. I would have a better understanding of what it takes to do those kinds of effects. And, and, uh, you know, the more experience you have, the more, you know, the easier yeah. that becomes. But for sure. I, I, I think what's, what's interesting also is just the idea. I remember I, I, I was working on some, I was uh, supervising a commercial, uh, this is before I went back to DD for Tron, but I was, and they, there was a description, it was a car commercial and they said, well, the sunroof. Oh, the description was written like this in the in the in the script. It's like the sunroof open, and a vortex comes out of the sunroof. Right? I'm like, vortex. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out everyone's idea. It seems like a clear word, but everyone's idea of what a vortex looks like is completely yeah. different. Some people had these straight lines. Some people thought like a tornado, or you know, like it was. Everyone had a different idea. They pretty much had a conical shape, but what it did and how it acted was completely different. And I know that that's a like you probably get some of those situations where they'll describe something and there's not an actual visual because you're right. You have to do something no one's seen before. Yeah, <laughs> and often oh. right. Yeah, and I mean, like a lot, of, a lot of times, you, you know, you can also start, uh, you know, start simple. You know what I mean? Build it up from something simple, right? Get 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 a few ideas out there and, and show them, right? And, right? and just build them up very quickly and very and very, you know, modular, you know, procedural. Not not um, invest a ton of time into the the finer details and get something out there, right? Um, that's a lot of times sure. what we have to do. And then what, and then you can build on it, right? Um, they'll see something and when they see something, then you can move forward to the next step and then do more work on it and then move to the next step. So yeah, it, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of work. And then and, and it, it is something that gets a lot of these, these kinds of effects that are, I mean, even, even traditional effects like explosions, you know what I mean? They all have a, you know, a process, you know what I mean? Starting very large and adding finer details and extra debris and, you know what I mean? And shock waves and secondary dust and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's always built up, but you have to make sure that you're going in the right direction, right? So maintaining the right direction, but also making things more complicated and building up more detail and making, making them look cooler, right? Um, it's just a step-by-step -step process. Um, and uh, it can be difficult, you know, especially in more creative things like... Um, Yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to think of a very good example. 
I have a good example. I a really recent movie, and I don't want to ruin it for those who perhaps. Oh, um, don't worry about it. Lift the people will tune out. Like if <laughs> we can hear muff, tune out for the next one. We can hear muff. We can hear muff. So, okay, ear muffs. Um, not, it's for those I'm who are worried about, about it. For, yeah, it, those of you who don't want me to ruin the the latest Fantastic Beast uh, movie. <laughs> okay, All right, now is the time for ear muffs. Um, there's a scene in it where um, uh, Newt's um, yep. briefcase that he carries around all the time. Have you seen the movie? No, but or that's any okay. of them? Or any of them? I have seen them. Yes, I saw the okay, first. Okay, one. so okay, great. So he's got a he's got a suitcase, a magic yep. suitcase. All his creatures are inside. His his laboratory's inside. So mm-hmm. there's a scene where he seemingly the, the the suitcase seemingly is destroyed, right? Okay. And when we went to go do it, it was very open ended, right? Um, so you know, similar like what you just said, you know, there's a vortex, right? Mm-hmm. Vortex comes out of sunroof, you know. So it was very <laughs> open ended as to you know, like you know, they know they knew they knew they had an idea of how it was going to that it was going to d- dissolve or break apart or do something. To be destroyed, seemingly be destroyed, and fly away, right? They had, they had shot it. They shot everything, right? Okay. Um, we had plates. It was, it was not, you know, all And right. so, um, so I had to sit down and, and, you know, figure out a way to, to make this suitcase kind of come apart in a unique, cool way that was, you know, magical, right? Kind of fit, fit into a, a, you know, a Harry Potter, Fantastic Beast type world. But mm-hmm. also was not something that was, you know, it was a little atypical, something more specific to the movie. And in the in, in a case like that, you, you know, you have very little to go off of. You have to just kind of quickly mock something up and show it and um, get some direction, right? And if it's something that they like and something that they think is cool, then you can start building on it, right? So setting up the, the suitcase, I, I did. I tried to set up the suitcase as quickly as possible, right? So we could show them something of, of it coming apart mm-hmm. and flying away. Um, but yeah, very little, little initial direction, right? Sure. Um, you know the idea and how it, how it operates. We had kind of come up on on our own, but then as soon as you know they see it, they obviously were, you know, they either had positive or negative, you know feedback and they were like hey yes this not this you know what i mean and then th- then you can start going in the direction right is with with is working and collaborate you know collaborating with them and, and then being like oh it needs to be thinner make them break apart more pieces i like what you're doing here this is a good idea right like you know don't do this you don't we don't want it to be like this right we definitely don't sure. want it to be like this right so getting those, so getting that kind of feedback is um is um it's a process and uh obviously houdini is makes it to where you know you're able to do that, right? Because in a lot of other softwares that aren't built out procedurally like this, it would be it would be prohibitive, right? Like you would you would spend a ton of time getting an idea together, and it would take a lot more manual work instead of being able to set something up a little bit more procedurally just to show it out, show it off, mm-hmm. and get some feedback. So you would just doing the initial test might take a lot of effort for something that they might might be going the wrong direction. So, um, Houdini does a good job of that. And then, like I said, like a lot of the manual work, like some of the finer details, you know, it does get down to where it's locked down and you do need to do finer stuff. It's more, that's less procedural. But at that point, you've, you've, you've narrowed it down so much with the client and with feedback that you're, you're, you're just putting the final touches on at that point. So, um, yeah, so Houdini is, yeah really great you know it's for those people that might not may not be aware it's, it's a node-based software it's like it's node-based. yeah that's a, yeah. i was going to sort of let, let people you know like try to explain it's very weird like the i've always been you know before i went into vfx i never really worked with node-based software at all because you know, even when i was doing compositing i was using after effects and was layer base and yeah. i was presented with nuke and it's like here's this slate and you sort of build up all these nodes and connect them um and it was completely confusing at first and then once you get it it's like oh why is not e- why is everything not like this <laughs> yeah it, i think it's that's how it is yeah I, I i'm the same way i learned with maya i learned with uh, after effects right and uh i had no idea what you know no base softwares even were you know no i mean no idea i mean you get a little bit of you know like when i was like, you know young and i was using like the hypershade and you know you have things hooked up in a way that kind of right. flows you know what i mean like you kind of have an idea but um but um, 
Houdini was a was a big was a was you know was a you know it was mind-boggling when I first saw it you know and right. um and then same thing when I when I I was introduced to Nuke after having been introduced to Houdini and when okay. I saw Nuke I was like oh yeah this makes so much sense because it's you know same same kind of thing right, right. um it's you know it's it's visual it's you know it's visual programming in a way you know what I mean you can you're applying what you're applying is happening in you know a linear uh, manner it flows you know what I mean you you uh, uh, it's fairly technical as well it's very yeah technical. I mean it, it, it can be yeah it can be I mean there you know it 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 can be really technical and it can be you know I think especially now it doesn't have to be quite so technical. I mean, it does if you want to get down into it and you need to make and you need to make changes and be really specific. I mean, like the the, the, the Fantastic Beasts, the, the 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 effect I was I was talking about regarding Fantastic Beasts. I mean, that was fairly technical because a lot of it was procedurally done. Like it wasn't like a, not a lot of it was thin, right? Right. A lot of it was built out. Um, and so, um, it can, yeah, it can, it can, you, you can get, you can get into the weeds for sure. Um, but I think today, especially if there's a lot of people who, you know, like, and that's why I think it's like more and more popular is like even people in commercials, you, you don't have to have a real solid grip on the software, really know all the fine details in order to get get an explosion out there or, or do some missile trails or you can do whatever it is that, or make a, you know, maybe a car vortex is a little bit more difficult, but maybe sure. not by a, not by, by a huge amount, you know? And if all you got to do is get, all you got to do is get a vort, you know, a vortex looking, you know, a spirally looking thing coming out the sunroof to get the commercial done, then yeah. you don't necessarily have to know everything there is to know about Houdini. You know, nobody right. knows everything there is to know about Houdini. I, I would never claim, I mean, there's, yeah, it's, it's an impossible feat. It's a, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've actually had, I've had, I, you know who Judith Crow is? Yeah, absolutely. Judith was um, working at Side Effects when I was an intern, actually. Yeah. So she was just yeah. on the podcast, actually. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't talked to Judith in a long time, but yeah. I, yeah, of course. Yeah. So she's, uh, she's really, she's really cool. And she sort of talked a little bit about it, but, um, what were some of your, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I always remembered you doing those, those cool one-off things like you and it like and i always used to remember you seeing you like both extremely frustrated and extremely excited <laughs> at the same time because it's a yeah. challenge and it's a it's a creative challenge it's a it's a technical challenge and it's like i don't know how i'm gonna get this done or whatever it is and it's always exciting but what was what were some of your favorite ones that you you'd worked on oh, I mean, you mentioned man. obviously some of the tron stuff and, and you mentioned fantastic beast but what were some of the when you really were, were cool for you. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, honestly, I'm going to have to look at, I'm going to have to look at, see what I've actually worked on. I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the truth. It's, it's really that bad. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, a lot of the times I've, I've worked on a lot, you know, some, I've worked on all kinds of things, you know what I mean? From, from big, big effects to small effects, but you're right. I have done, um, quite a bit of one-off, um, stuff, especially like, you know, like a lot of character effects where the guy's cutting his face would be right. an example of that. Right. Um, I've also done, um, I mean, I, I think on Ender's game, um, I did, um, we had, a the little doctor, I guess it was like the, 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 you know, the doomsday device, you know what I mean? That's going to win uh -huh. the, the war. They shoot the laser beam into the, the Formic planet, into the mm -hmm. alien planet. And so when it impacts, it immediately creates a chain reaction where it's sends a shockwave all the way around the entire planet and it's like burning the whole planet and leaving leaving like a like a husk like a you know right a destroyed you know remnant of the of the of the planet in its wake so i did that um that was a lot of fun um you know like um i was on terminator dark fate and doing a lot mm -hmm. of liquid metal type stuff which was which was fun helping helping to dev that out and get that working um right having his arms turn into blades, you know what I mean? Yep. That was pretty cool. But um, a lot of times there's, there's like small things that I work on that I, that are, you know, seemingly they're, they're minor things, but they, they're, they're, they're a big part of the movie and they, they, 
um, they add a lot to it. And a lot of people don't think about it, right? Like on, on Terminator, there's, there was a scene where they're fighting inside of a, a cargo jet that's like flying in the air and there's, it, there's a big um, hole ripped in the side of it. So there's right. air inside the, the ship. So there's all these like exposed wires and cables inside the ship and they're all, and there's like padding up against the wall and it's all kind of coming loose and it's vibrating and it's like fluttering and there's like cables moving and there's all, and it's, it's all very quick. And, um, you know, just setting up stuff like that, like the, the bent metal rattling and all the stuff that makes it look like there's high energy and that they're, That's, they're yeah. up in the, you know, those kinds of things are, can be really big tasks and, um, they're not necessarily like, um, you know, hero type things, but they're things that like are interesting and take a lot of work and a lot of setup and they have a big payoff because once you've got them set up, you can just run them in all the other shots and it just right. really makes things like come together. Um, don't, don't all kinds of stuff. Uh, let's see. I think that's a really good example because I think that people don't even realize that that stuff gets done. Right. And how, yeah, that... <laughs> yeah. And how, how much goes into those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, on ready player one, that was another fun one I did like ready player one. Yeah. We were, we worked on that show with ILM and ILM was doing all of the, um, the video in video game world. Okay. Right? So all yep. the CG, like the hyper stylized CG, like beautiful like game world and then we right. were doing all of the real world stuff so like all of the stacks like the massive like environment mm -hmm. where you know all of the the trailer homes are all stacked up together you know right and um we were also responsible for these these boot suits that they wore right so okay. i was doing like um oh right so it's like the haptic suit that they do so they put on the, the goggles and they have a haptic suit so uh, you know i was working on designing like the the mechanism like they had these little cubes like it was layered they had like a tight suit and then they had these little uh these little squares and then another layer of like clear plastic over that and then these right. like ribs that went over that and right. so whenever they would get hit you know it would it would they would grip like the the, the cubes would grip and then there would be like, like even a shock wave that would like ripple out from the mm -hmm. impact right um so like literally sending ripples through their body and, and like gripping these things and having like, um, there's a moment where they're, um, yeah, uh, Parsifal, the main character and the, mm -hmm. the gal, they're having a, a moment where they're, they're dancing and she's oh, like, yeah, yeah, feeling, I remember. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. sexy times feeling them up. So like we <laughs> right. had to like, we had to like take a hand and like move her like hand down his body. Right? right. And it was like lightning. You know, you could see like a handprint, like lighten up his haptic suit and like, right. it was all purple and like, so like doing the dev for like all that kind of, so that's like kind of the one off stuff that I would do. And you know, whenever, you know, they, they, he gets hit or something happens, it activates, it has all these crazy, like little tiny details, all these little lines that kind of like emanate out and kind of mm -hmm. run down his body and through the cubes and in between them and the cubes, they grip and then they release as her hand, you know what I mean? Move all of that kind of stuff um yeah a lot of a lot of character effects a lot, i've done a lot of that in, in, in the past you know a lot of um captain marvel energy that goes over her body that she you know right she uses to beat beat, beat Thanos up, stuff like that so um that's awesome that's awesome yeah. i think it's great i think you know a lot a lot of people you know who, who haven't you know doesn't don't know about uh, that kind of world would be really kind of interested in all the cool stuff that you guys are doing what what are your what are your thoughts about uh you know obviously 14 years at dd you've seen a lot of growth you had to build a lot of things a lot of things from scratch before you don't have to do that as much anymore or there's more tools at your convenience but what, what do you what do you think about um you know the the growth of where that's been and 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 also the demands of the industry like how has the industry changed over 14 years for you what do you what are your thoughts about that um what is the way the industry's Things. I mean, I think that like, for, certainly like, certainly now, like I was saying before, I think that the real, one of the biggest driving factors is that there's so much to do, especially since COVID, especially, which the last, mm -hmm. but I mean, I think for me, even the last like five or six years, maybe, so not quite half the amount of time, but like getting close to dips, about half that amount of time has really ramped up in the amount of 
work that is required to get done and, and, and the schedule in which it has to get done. So all the schedules vary it. Um, have been set up quite a bit. I mean, I remember when we were working years ago, I mean, it wasn't uncommon for projects to last a, a year and a half, even longer sometimes. And now, I mean, I think a nine or 10 month project would be a very long, you know, what's considered a, a long project, right? Um, right. It's a big difference. I mean, that's huge. I and mean, that's like six months. I mean, that's, that's a lot. And yeah. so it just keeps, and sometimes quick quicker, sometimes three to six months, you know what I mean? Who knows, right? It just depends on what kind of project it is and, and, and when they need to get it done. And I think finding the, the people and having it staffed up is, is becoming more and more difficult and then having all of these deadlines. You know, I think it's just become, it's just the speed of, of the industry it has been, that's the biggest change, I think. Um, yeah. And you say that's in the last five years. So it's, yeah, I would say like five or six years. I, I think for, for me personally, that's how it feels. Right. right. I, I feel like I've been, it's been ramping up in that amount of time. And um, has the, has the, has the amount of shots also gone up or is it still, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that, yeah, the amount of shots and, and certainly the amount of projects. Right. right. I mean, when we were, uh, you know, a long time ago, it was, three projects with a ton, right? Right. So we were working on simultaneously. Sometimes, you know, two was just enough, right? Right. Um, but having now it's, you know, seven, ten, you know, more. Uh, for some for some studios, for some I know this is just for much for for D D. I mean for some for some studios, I mean I know there's even more than that for for sure. Right. Um, and it's just a lot to manage, right? I mean it's just a, a lot to account for and a lot to manage, right? Like um Yeah. So managing resources and making sure everything's staffed up the way it needs to be in order to get all the, these shows done all simultaneously. So it's a lot, it's a lot bigger of a challenge now than it used to be. Cause you know, it used to be, you only had to worry about, you know, this and this, right. Right. But with more and more, it becomes harder and harder to like, to gauge everything and keep, keep everything balanced and keep a, keep everything stacked and, you know, like uh, appropriately. Um, so yeah. I mean, I guess that's good for, the work, right? There's a lot of work out there. <laughs> oh, there's, yeah, there's a lot of work out there for sure. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's good, get done. That's, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that's changed is just that kind of the, the pace and the, and the amount and, um, just trying to keep, keep, keep on top of it, make it yeah. where it, it can be, it's doable in, in a reasonable amount, of, you know, do things in a reasonable sure. amount of time, get them done, staff it up, things like that. Right. Um, how, how you met, you mentioned COVID. I mean, well, how did COVID affect, uh, affect you or affect the work in, in some ways? I mean, I don't really know if it had a huge effect or did it in terms of, I mean, you know, we kind of kept working pretty seamlessly. I mean, there were, I mean, obviously there were some issues, um, especially early on. Um, and then we, when we went to, I mean, the day that we had the shutdown, I'm in Los Angeles, and the day that we had the shutdown in LA, um, it was March 13th, Friday, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, we literally just packed up, you know, we packed up our equipment, our monitors, our, you know, the stuff that we needed to connect remotely. Um, and we, uh, for us, we had already had, because we have locations in different areas, like in Montreal and uh, Vancouver and Los Angeles, we already had a, a centralized um, remote facility, right? Mm -hmm. Where all of our machines were anyway, right? Right. Um, so all of our machines were already centrally local, you know, they were all centrally localized, so, you know, lo located. So we, we, we just basically moved what we were already doing in an office just to our homes and connected to the same machines, right? So um, there was a huge, though, uh, it was a huge technical challenge, you know what I mean, initially to get everything up and running. But um, we 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 managed to get by and do it, you know, just like we're you know we're doing now over yep. over Zoom, just like everybody else, uh, like everybody else. Um, I think there were some pros and pros and cons. I mean, um, obviously, not having to commute to work, and especially in a city like Los Angeles, big deal, 
right? I mean, I know you, I know you for a very long time, you know, had a, yep. yeah, a long you, commute. Yeah, that's a long commute. I, I know that you did. I get two sure. and a half hours back of my day, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I exactly. have no and desire that, to go back. And that's true for a lot of people, right? So I think yeah. that that's good. And, but, you know, a lot of people, and a lot of people do really, really well working from home. You know, I mean, a lot of people do more work from home. They, they work better, you know. Um, some people don't. You know, some people have a hard time. Some people don't, you know, don't don't like it. Some people don't like not having a sense of, you know, they feel like they're losing a sense of community. There's definitely a lack, there's definitely a lack of, um, the hardest thing for me is like the, the lack of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Interaction. <laughs> yeah, uh, working together. Um, collaboration. Collaboration, thank you. <laughs> Um, it's a lack of cl- collaboration, right? right. Uh, it's becoming more, we, we have different people working on different projects and that's becoming more and more and more like with more projects and being work from home, you know, I feel like people are becoming more and more disjointed, right? Like you don't know what people are doing on this show. You don't know what people are doing on this project. I mean, kind of on your own show, on your own project. And it used to be when we were in office, you know, there was a lot of collaboration. People could see what everybody else was working on. Oh, you know, oh, are you having a problem? Like you were saying about me getting really frustrated sometimes when I would <laughs> try to solve like large problems. Right. Um, you know, whenever you get angry like that, you get upset. You're trying to crack this, crack the code and you have people around you that are, that are like, well, what, what's your problem? You know, like, what are you dealing with? Like, like, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? You know what I mean? Those kinds of things. Oh, like, Hey, send me that file. Like, let me take a look at it. I might be able to like, you know, you know, maybe come up with, I got an idea. You know what I mean? And there's a lot less of that now. So I think for um, for people who are extremely experienced, who are senior artists that have been around forever, doing it, you know, you know, they don't need, you know, it's less less necessary for them. But right. I think for a lot of people who are just in the industry, trying to find their feet, trying to get um, acclimated to this kind of work, basically build up what you and I just just described, like you know, the things that take. That you that you learn over time, and with that kind of experience, you're able to tackle these things a lot more efficiently, and you know how to approach it. Even like really complicated, weird things, like you know, a suitcase dissolving, or a guy's face getting cut, or a, you know, mm-hmm. or a person turning into cubes, or whatever it may be. Right? Um, those things can only be done if you've collaborated and learned and picked things up from other people. Uh, everything that I do, you know what I mean. It all stems from something, probably, that I learned from some, from somebody somewhere. Right. So, you know, if you don't have that, if you don't have that person to help that, you know, that connect that connection to all these other artists in an office, then it becomes difficult. Um, that's right. the biggest problem that I think. Yeah, it's, it's probably the, the juniors that are suffering the most through that process, I'm sure. Sure. And, and you know, and it's, you can only do so much, you know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, it is fine. I mean, we've got Zoom. I can remote right. log into people's machines. We can talk it over. We can take a look. We can still do those kind of things, but still, there's still, it's still difficult. Right. Um, right. 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 Where do you think it's going to go? I mean, do you think? I mean, do you think that there's? Are you guys doing more of a hybrid, or are you guys working from home still? Or, um, right now, I think we're all still working from home. I know some people are in the office for sure. Okay. Um, I know that I I know that there are people in the office because both in like Vancouver, Los Angeles, you know, I've, I've seen them in the office, like I, remotely, I can see them in the office. Right. And, um, I have not gone back in the office, but, um, you know, I think that it's hard to say, you know, um, mm-hmm. especially for, for, I mean, for, 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 for DD anyway, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't know what that, what that's going to be. I mean, I for other companies, I think it might be, they've already made certain decisions, you know what I mean? Moving forward. Right. Yep. But for, for us, it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit more complicated. You know what I mean? I sure. think that's true for a lot of different, for a lot of other companies. Um, maybe hybrid. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I don't know how you. I mean, it would, it would be really hard for me to imagine, after all this time, that this won't have some kind of lasting effect. It's right. really hard for me to understand that. Like, I don't think that that. I mean, right? I mean, you can't possibly yeah, yeah, go back yeah. to the way things were and just. I mean, even if you did go into the office 100%, you can't pretend like something like this is not beneficial and viable to a certain degree, right? Right. You you need a lot less office. You know, you you need less office space. You need less 
uh, you need less. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider, you know, like with, yep. with working from home. So I think that, you know, I think that, um, um, and, and DD has grown since then, you know I mean? DD has grown a lot since before COVID, you know? So I think that, yeah. I think that, um, I'm not entirely sure, but I, I Less real estate that, sounds like a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a big well, cost. in Los Angeles, it definitely is. Thank you. Yeah. To do, I guess. Well, I guess everywhere. Yeah. Basically everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, in, but yeah, I have no clue. Chris. I have yeah. no clue how it's going to affect us, but I would imagine it would have to have some kind of long lasting effect, but I guess we'll find out uh, for the time being though. I'm still, still sitting here working at home. Yeah. Is there anything you're looking forward to? Things of like things that are coming up that are that uh, you know exciting you? Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, we're working. I mean, we're we're working on more than we ever have before. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of film, a lot of television as well. Uh, more right. television, I think, than we've ever worked on for sure. I mean, I, streaming. I think Basically, you mean streaming stuff, or, or is it mostly uh, streaming? Yeah, I think it's all streaming. Oh, uh, right. I think it's all streaming. It might not be. I'm not entirely certain about all that. And the Don't effects in the streaming stuff is as complicated as, as big film projects as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, sh- shows like, you know, Marvel shows like WandaVision. Yeah. Um, you know, shows like Stranger Things and stuff. I mean, they, they you know, they're, they're, they're no joke. They, they want it. It's got to be high end. It's got to look good, man. They're not, they're yeah. not joking around. So we got, yeah. And I mean, you got short schedules too. <laughs> I mean, and huge amounts of work sometimes. I mean, very, I mean, like, you know, yeah. a film is only an hour and a half, two hours long. And, right. you know, we're, we're looking at nine episodes that are all, you know, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, hour long. Right. You know, it's like a six, six hour movie. Like it's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's massive. And then it's still, and still a high caliber of work has to get done for them. You know, we've definitely, right. this is definitely the most work I think we've ever done for sure. Since I've been working at DD. And probably ever I would imagine. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to a lot of stuff. There's a lot of cool work to be done, and we're doing more and more um, different things simultaneously. Right. It's, um, it used to be that um, it used to be that a long time ago you didn't get to work on a like you know working on a show with like a lot of water. You know, you didn't, mm-hmm. didn't really do, you, but you might go, you might go 10 years without working on a show without a lot of, without water or, you know what I mean? Or, right. oh, you've just been doing shows that have like a lot of this or a lot of that, right? You know, um, you know, you get kind of pigeonholed in a little, in a way, you know? And, yeah. But nowadays I think it's just so, there's so much to do and it's so prevalent that you have, you know, you, there's the all, you got to do all kinds of different stuff all the time. You know what I mean? You can't go very long without running into certain things that you have to do. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but, um, yeah, we got a busy, busy year, two years coming up. So, um, all right. So. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm happy for you guys. And certainly love work. I, I thought it, I, I thought it would be really great to, you know, talk to our, when I saw, you know, the reason I connected with you obviously is, as you know, is that I saw on LinkedIn that you've been a DD for a long time. And so I was like, we should have Eddie on. Cause I think Eddie is, you've always had these great projects and great cool things you've done. And I think people should know of like, you know, there's, there's, there's that specialist, you know, the yeah. MacGyver guy. <laughs> that yeah, figures it out. yeah. I think there's, there's, they're coming, becoming less and less, uh, uh, of, they, there's less and less of them, I think, as the as the as the the years continue to go by. But yeah, I would say that that has definitely been a thing for me is doing yeah. things like these random things. Even from even when I was very early on in my career, like doing yeah. like Transformers, where we had to you know do that Reed Man with a little thin guy that got built out of all those little tiny robots. And oh right, I remember that. Yeah, pops out. You know what I mean? And uh, things like that. I was doing things like that. Kind of these weird kind of one-offy type type thing, um, pretty early on, and always have had some strange thing I've always had to do, right? right. Um, and like I said, I think that that's why people just turn turn to Houdini a lot of times in those two cases, right? They're like, oh, there's this weird thing that's like, yeah, we're not gonna, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not gonna invest all our time trying to figure that out. Like, right. Well, it's a guy at Houdini just 
you know, build it up. Here and you go. It you figure yeah, it out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no, we don't have a, th- we don't have a pipe thing, anything in pipeline built out to do that. Like you're, you need to figure it out. So. Right. 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 Um, so it's cool. So, it's really yeah. cool. Well, cool. Eddie, thank you so much for, for, for being on and, you know, letting us, uh, you know, pick your brain and find out what's going on in the, in the, in that world and the industry. So it's really awesome yeah. talking to you and congratulations on 14 years at DD. So well, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it. And I, you know, I haven't talked to you in seems like just forever. It's um, been a long time. It's been yeah. a long time. And so, we used to hang out a lot. So <laughs> just, yeah, we, used to, hey, we, we did. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was a time when we were hanging out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So um, it's good to, it's good talking to you for sure. But uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. Great. Well, I'm, I really appreciate you having me on and um, I was really, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to um, contribute in some way. I hope it was okay. <laughs> it was great. the only, only podcast I've ever done before. So. All right. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll see. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I appreciate it. Right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Chris.